Hey there, and welcome to Sessions, a podcast presented by Matt Black, the creators behind the Shapeshift Report. I'm Micah Hakub, the Director of Strategy and Culture for Matt Black, and I'm here today with Jordan, uh, who's in charge of strategic initiatives at Skirt. Jordan, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You, we're going to dive into it. We always start with a few rapid-fire questions. We're going to start with, what was the last song you've listened to? Uh, the last song I listened to was Godspeed from the new Frank Ocean album, which I like a lot. Um, but I'll also give a shout out to, to the Maji Jordan album that I was listening to yesterday, which, which is a great one. Nice. Um, we were talking about this earlier, Doppelganger as well. Who's that? My buddy Alon always tells me I look like Jonathan Simmons from the San Antonio Spurs. Look him up. Um, <laughs> Google that because none of us know. <laughs> but obviously he looks like you, so we'll take that. Okay, last question. Uh, besides Skirt, what's the one app you can't live without? I'd have to say Uber. Um, it's a lifesaver needing to get around L.A., especially being new. Nice. Yeah, us, us too. I, I've been using Uber more and more. I, and I, I feel like I used to use it a ton in the beginning, then I dipped, and now I'm back to using it all the time because I'm just like, oh, it's cheap, it's cheap. And they started doing scheduled rides, right. which for early airports has changed my life of getting to the airport. Right. But, dude, Jordan, let's dive into it. I know we actually, I reached out kind of cold like a month ago or a couple of weeks ago because I saw a lot of the projects you were working on, not knowing you were working on them just with, uh, with Skirt. But can you start by giving us a quick overview of uh, where you work, what you guys are doing? Yeah, so I, I'm at Skirt. Um, just started about a month ago. Uh, Skirt is a mobility platform that will deliver a car to you whenever you need it. Um, it We drop off cars at your door, pick up cars from your door. Um, it's everything that you've experienced in a rental car situation, but a much more seamless experience, uh, much more technologically advanced. Um, and it's really ideal for, for the customer trying to get around the big city or, or coming into town on vacation. Awesome. And I think I was maybe six months ago or so that I heard about Skirt through a, through a billboard, like traditional, classic outdoor advertising. And this, um, it really worked out because this is the culture issue that we're coming out with uh, for the Shapeshift Report. Um, and I had seen that you guys were doing uh, a collaboration with Vic Mensa. And that was when I decided to reach out because I was like, this is crazy. Um, it it seems so smart. And that was really one of your first projects that you worked on for Skirt. So can you talk about like how you came to start leveraging artists, like when you came to Skirt and, and, and what you're working on right now for them? Yeah, it was at the beginning of August when I came to Skirt. As I mentioned, I came over from Uber. I was working there in marketing for two years um, and with a specific focus in influencer marketing over the last year, year and a half or so. Um, and so Vic was someone that I'd worked really closely with at Uber um, he's always been a great partner, um, and he's he's grown so much, for, both in terms of his brand and his music over the last year or so. Uh, so when I came to Skirt, it was a no-brainer uh, to hit up him and Cody, his manager, and see what we could put together. Yeah, that's awesome. And you've been doing a few other music collaborations since then as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's been I've been really fortunate, and our team has been super fortunate and creative. Um, and just the the relationships we have within the industry, we've worked with Masego. Um, you know, Cassie's been in skirts, um, talking to a, a bunch of people you know in the industry that are making waves, and we're really excited to continue to push the creative needle. 
um, and see what we can put together with them. Nice. And we're going to move into your background um, with like how you kind of fell into the music scene. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea. Um, you know, we were talking about a week ago about the idea behind culturally relevant um, reach, where it's not saying like we could pay for maximum reach. And if you and I are talking, we're not going to be like, hey, Vic Mensa is the biggest reach we can get. Obviously not. You can pay for something bigger. But give me your thought process behind like how you're choosing this, these people and the idea behind getting culturally relevant people as opposed to the largest people you can. Yeah, definitely. I, I try to approach it from the standpoint of not the influencer or artist that I necessarily like the most um, or that in our marketing team likes the most, but we take a look at a variety of factors, um, social engage, engagement, online voice, um, overall brand image, uh, you know, music quality, if you will, which can be uh, somewhat subjective. But, you know, we compile all of those things um, and we just look for people who we feel like there's just a, a, a alliance in brand um, or alignment in brand um, and people we feel like can continue to push the needle for us. But we can also grow with them. You know, to your point, it's not about trying to get the largest artists or paying the most money for, for the biggest influencer, but it's more so about people who understand our vision, um, who use the product, like the product, um, and are really open to to doing some creative projects to engage their fans. Yeah, and then the idea that the right type of person, the person who likes Vic Mensa, who likes Masego, is the type of person who's actually going to push Skirt further as an app than someone who you got through just straight paid advertising. Sure. Yeah, the relationship is a big part of it. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I was fortunate to work with some of those guys um, and and female influencers as well while I was at Uber. But uh, having that personal relationship definitely helps. Um, and then taking a look at their audience, you know, is their audience comprised of people who fit our target demo? Um, do they currently take Uber? Are they techn technologically advanced? Things like that. But also we look for um, influencers who have uh, audiences who are similarly influential. So if we partner with Vic, um, the impact on his audience might be greater than, than another artist, you know, just because of how influential his, his audience is, how engaged they are. And, you know, that, that word being spread, it helps a lot. So backing up a few years, how did you fall into these relationships or, or has music been something that you were always in or did it just kind of happen? Yeah. You know, I grew up playing basketball. Um, I played through college and that was always my thing. Um, and my focus and a lot of my relationships were in and around sports. Um, when I was at Uber, uh, I was actually brought on at Uber to lead the brand ambassador program in Seattle. Um, as the company scaled and as some of our KPIs scaled, um, I looked towards uh, local music artists in Seattle to try to partner with and, and put together cool activations and things like that, um, which was great. You know, Sam LaChow, Soul. Um, you know, Gifted Gab, all of those people. We we started working together when I was at Uber uh, back in 2014, and it was a great ride. Um, but with that, we also tried to look to see um, what artists outside of Seattle and who were also making ways in other markets we could partner with. Um, and so that's sort of how I came into contact with Vic and Cody and, you know, from there, uh, you know, a, a bunch of others. Yeah. And I'll go off on a little bit of non sequitur here, but I it was when I was at, Tom's, we did a collaboration with Sub Pop, 
based out of Seattle, which I had never seen. I always saw Seattle as like this grunge, like birth of grunge. And that was it. But after that, I realized like, oh my gosh, this is like a Nashville on the West coast where you have so much of a music scene, like genre bending too, not just like, you're not just sitting in, oh, we have Pearl Jam. And now everyone who comes out of Seattle does grunge or, oh, we have rap. It was literally everything there so i feel like that ended up being such a kind of fertile ground for you to reach into and as soon as you got that first connection it just spread from there yeah essentially i mean as we know the music industry at large is so interconnected um seattle was a great opportunity uh to connect with local artists to start um and they're really doing their thing on a national international level as well um but I, I did look towards the Vic Mensas and the GEZs and the Kalanis, and I was really blessed, um, you know, after working with one um, to get the support and, you know, the, the connection to another. And, and from there, we just try to see what we can do. Yeah, and it's it's such a cool end product. I mean, obviously, that's even why we reached out. I just saw the very tail end of what you guys were doing. Um, but being in marketing, I think there's so much that goes behind that like can you talk a little bit about what's the process like what's the blood sweat and tears that goes into bringing these things to life yeah that's a good question i I think the the biggest um challenges or things that you have to learn um one is to just be really dialed in um, and accessible Uh, you never know when you'll get hit up for um you know a a promo or creative that you need to send over or legal document or whatever Uh, i've learned that artists and managers um, they operate based on what the the most important priority is at the, at that time. So, you know, they may have a week of shows in Europe leading up to the promo that you're planning on that Saturday, um, and they might not hit you up until Thursday night or Friday morning when they're on the flight back to the United States. And you just have to be prepared um, initially and do your work early so that when they finally do get in contact or they want to push things through, you're ready to move fast. Um, and then there's just a lot of back and forth, uh, you know, via text and, and calls and things like that. And I think patience is really important. You know, you might not always get a response when you want or how you want, uh, but it's important to to stay even killed um, and really just do your best and stay true to who you are. Yeah. How are you finding the value for them right now? Like you're going to a, to a manager and saying like, you know, we'd love to put something together. Are you asking for like hey, what's important to you right now? Or like, do you have something you're pushing, you're promoting? Like, could we get you out in the spotlight? Like, I'm guessing you have to find some shared value and give them a reason besides just to check, you know? And, and how, are you, how are you working on that? Yeah, exactly. You know, I've been blessed that um, the last two companies I've worked for, Uber and, and now Skirt, uh, are both in the mobility and transportation space. And that's something that that's a service that affects everyone. Everyone you know, needs to get ev- around. Everyone needs to get around. Everyone and at that time, everyone loved Uber, um, and people are starting to to figure out that that really cool value in Skirt. Um, but with that said, I do always approach partnerships and interactions from the standpoint of um, how can we help you leverage what you're doing. So a lot of my first questions are always, "What do you have coming up in the next couple of months? You know, how how's the album coming? What's timeline for that? Do you have any singles being released?" Um, any shows, um, you know, all of those things give us good um, sort of collateral to, to build a creative activation around. And, and then again, hopefully finding that value on our side, but but also also for the artists. And I think it's really important um, when you show that you care and that you want to push help push the needle for them. Um, it really just helps uh, the relationship moving forward and, and all the work that you do from there. Yeah. I mean, and so you, it seems like you, you've worked with some great people. Obviously, like, the question is always going to be how much. Like, 
are we doing more? Are we doing less? Are we doing one big shot? Are we doing something every week? I mean, the, one of the things that I was shocked about, and I think this is inter- interesting to note, like the marketing team at Skirt's not big, yeah. right? So you guys right now, it's it's whatever you're working on is kind of needs to be, it, it's a big deal. It's not like, ah, oh, we have 12 people. Everyone's kind of specialized. You know, things are happening no matter what. It's you and a couple of other people. So like, how are you picking your shots right now? Yeah, you know, I've I've been fortunate that, that skirts give me a little bit of leeway there. I do have some good experience in, um, you know, who to partner with, when to partner, sort of that cadence and timing. Um, but, you know, we have we have some hustlers on our marketing team. You know, Peter, who does brand strategy, always jumps in and helps with creative and email blasts. And, you know, whether it's to shoot, shoot uh, photography or shoot video for a promo. And we have a performance marketing guy, Max, um, who supports heavy on the analytics side. Um, and then Everett, our VP, sort of oversees everything. So at this point, it's really all hands on deck. Uh, there's never going to be a time, especially this early in a company, when we're not very busy. But it is important to to partner with with artists um, at a rate and at a cadence that we feel like we can manage. Um, and that fits within their timing. And so we definitely don't want to ever force. But, you know, we right now it's really important to get the word out. So we're doing as much as we can. Um, and executing as well as we can. Yeah, and that totally fits the like the vibe. Of so I, we, we were at the office last week, and it is a caricature of what you assume like an app startup is in the best way. Like you could, and I've I don't think I've ever actually said this about a company before. But you walk in, you're like, oh my god, like you can feel like some creative energy here. No one's at their desk. Everyone's at like in front of a whiteboard, like on this couch or on, or in a conference room outside at a picnic table like it is like what you assume a startup is even when you're watching like i know silicon valley is a bad example because it's like such a negative view of companies like that but it was just like oh my god there's like really some stuff going on here which must be awesome to get a chance to work in absolutely it's a great great environment we push each other um we listen to each other. Uh, it's it's a great team environment. There's some really creative people, um, and that's exciting. And it's a relatively young environment too, which is fun. I haven't been able to experience that before. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm always excited to get into work and um, hear other people's ideas. And you know, we have a a theory on our on our team that it's kind of best idea wins. You know, we we pitch what we have, we listen to each other, and and hopefully the best comes out of it. Yeah. So I'm like, say I'm listening to this, and I'm a company either just coming up or you know we we have a few people on our marketing team like you does it seem like every brand has the chance to be culturally relevant or shoot to be culturally relevant like you do at skirt or do you feel like you have to be in some certain type of industry or design a certain type of way to make that happen yeah it, that's a really good question again going back to what i said before being in the transportation mobility industry helps um, you know, we have access to different cars and people need to get around and, and they like those cars and things like that. Similarly at Uber, they love the idea of having a private driver. Um, but I really think being culturally relevant can be, it's not necessarily with regard to partnerships. It can be as simple as, um, you know, having your social media person send out the right tweet when the Frank album, Frank ocean album finally drops, um, and engaging your users that way, or, um, saying something witty about the VMAs or putting up the right meme that fits within your brand or your service. So I think culturally re- relevant is just staying on top of things, um, always always looking looking forward, 
Um, and you know, from that point, just being creative. Yeah. And it seems like so much of it is just, it's just paying attention. It's just saying like everything that you would be interested in as a person or as a millennial or, as, or, or whatever it is, just someone who wants to be in that culture. If you just have your eyes and ears open, you say, Hey, this is something I would want to say myself to my friends. That it's something that a brand would be equally interesting if they said it. And it's one of the things that I feel like I've noticed about you in the time that we've spent together. It seems like you're such a connector. I think like that's invaluable for a brand. Sometimes a brand doesn't have that. And either the founder has to become that or whoever comes on has to become that. Because at some point, you know, you, wherever it was down the road, you had to become that as well. Like, is there a way, is is there a piece of advice for someone to get into that or for a way? I don't know if it's like a person, maybe it's just a personality thing. Like maybe if you're not there, you're not there. But how is it that you can just start drawing those connections and making those connections for yourself? Yeah. Going back to what I said before about staying true to yourself is really important important no matter what situation you're in um you know i'm i'm just i really am a, a guy from seattle that moved to la three weeks ago and figuring it out pretty wide-eyed but with that said um i've always been uh, again just try to stay true to myself you know if the situation is hectic if it's really exciting if it's really cool it could be the worst thing you've ever done or the, the most exciting thing you've ever done um you just try to never get too high never too low um, you know, with, and with regard to these influencers and artists and stuff, just talk to them like they're regular people, interact with them like you would any other business people, um, be attentive, be responsive, don't be a pushover. Um, but you know, let them know that you're, you're there to take care of them. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So we had that conversation as well, where it's treating them like they're an actual person or people from brands, like, like, right. That manager, that artist, whoever at the end of the day has the same fears and hopes, or whatever that you do. So just being someone who can step to them and say like, you know, we have a relationship. You're the type of person I'd want to go grab a drink with. Also, we could have some type of business relationship as opposed to just coming in guns blazing on like, we want to partner together. Here's how we can do it. Yeah. The transactional stuff doesn't, doesn't typically work. Um, you know, managers and artists, they interact with so many people all the time, whether it's fans, business people, people pitching them, lawyers, record labels, exec, whatever. And so they can sift through who's real and who isn't pretty quickly um, and who's genuine and who isn't pretty quickly. Um, so it, it's important to just be professional, um, but be personable. Um, and from there, let the chips fall where they may and things will happen. You know, mistakes will happen. You'll say the wrong thing. You'll text the wrong thing. You'll feel like, Oh, that was awkward. How are they going to respond to that? But at the end of the day, we're all human beings and, um, you know, we're all in this together. Totally. So I want to dig a little bit more into the tactical side of a smaller brand getting in front of culture and, and becoming relevant. Um, you know, you have, you seem to have had the opportunity to grab these connections, but do I need to know someone to make this type of thing happen? Do I need to run to someone at a party or is there some other way I can go about it? Yeah. I think to start, you know, the contact information is, is readily available online. So to begin, it's just hitting someone up as in any field, uh, the relationship and the conversation will be a little bit better if you have an intro from someone who, who you guys both know, Um, but once you do kind of get in and you're able to pitch something, it's just important that whatever you're pitching, you feel like will be a value add to that, to that influencer, to that artist. Um, you know, take the, the experiences we do at, at skirt, for instance, with Vic, um, you know, he picked up a fan in a car, 
Um, and the value add to him was he was able to engage with the fan in a really cool way. Um, otherwise, you know, he wouldn't have had the, the technology or the infrastructure to figure out which fans wanted to, you know, go to his show, et cetera. And then he's able to play unreleased music. So he gets people excited about the, the music that hasn't come out. You know, the fan listens to it. They can tell their friends and things like that. So, again, it's really just about finding that that mutual value add. Um, and trying to be creative. And, and I think one, one important part is allowing the, the influencer or the manager to help shape the creative and sort of the story of, of the situation. Um, you know, it, it might start out as Vic picks up a fan and then they might want to do it in a special car. Um, they might want to stop it in and out like Vic, Vic did in the OC. Um, just little things that will add to the experience. So as much as you can um, include and incorporate the ideas of the artist and the manager, I think the more successful you'll be because they'll be most excited about it in that situation as well. Um, and that, that's no matter if your brand is big or small or whatever. Obviously, um, you know, the, the type of leverage you have will, will differ depending on the situation. But again, like the point I want to hit home um, is just allowing the, the client to help drive the story. Yeah, like creatives want to be treated as such. Influencers celebrities, art, whatever it is. Um, and I, brands get the opportunity all the time, for, especially for events. It's like, oh, do you want to sponsor this event? Like, do you want to? And that means that your, your logo's on the invite, you're giving a bunch of free product, like maybe you get like shouted out, like you're on the slideshow on the back or something, right? And you think about it, you put it in this terms where you're saying like, oh, it's going to be in front of this many people, like it's the right crowd. But I don't know. Like I think about events I've gone to. I don't know who the sponsor. Like I normally know who the the beer sponsor is because I am drinking the beer at some point. <laughs> Versus for you guys, right? The difference could be that you're sponsoring a show by whoever. Instead, it's hey, let's work directly with artists and like you know go get it straight from the faucet, which is so much more impactful in my mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, we don't typically in this. We had the same rationale at Uber. It's not completely advantageous for us to put our logo up on a slideshow or on a step and repeat, et cetera. We want to interact or we want to integrate with the actual experience of the show or of what's going on. So if an artist has a show um, and we can, you know, get um, our audience or get target customers in a skirt vehicle to the show, which is what they want to go to and meet their favorite artists or be able to hang out in the DJ booth, you know, during their performance or whatever the case is, that just takes things to another level. And I find that it's a, a much uh, larger value add than, than typical and more conventional sponsorship methods. Um, it, it can be challenging partnering with events and sort of negotiating and trying to find a creative way to like insert our brand without paying cash. Yeah. Um, it's like everyone's goal. Though. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. But you know, the, the cooler, the experience in the event and, you know, once we capture the footage and we can package that and merchandise it, um, ultimately once everyone sees the end product, they, they feel really good about our involvement. Yeah, totally. And so uh, we say something often at Matt Black. It's the idea that everyone likes becoming, no one likes being. And it's that idea like your whole life for, or for a certain amount of time, you look forward to something, let's say a promotion. And then as soon as you get that promotion, like that feels awesome. But then you have to, you take on all that responsibility and events and partnerships are a lot like that. Like you say, wow, it'd be so sick to get Vic. Or let's let's take, I know you did a secret show um, in Austin, I believe, with G-Eazy. Um, you know, oh, this would be an awesome idea. They say yes to it, and then you're probably like that night, just like, oh, man, now we have to produce this show in Austin. Like, what's, tell, take us a little bit through that process. Like, is it, 
has it been like a custom build every time you guys are doing this partnership? Do you try to do plug and play stuff or when you're doing partnerships that have to be so specific to the artist, are you really like starting from scratch every single time? Yeah. I mean, the idea would be to optimize the types of promotions that you're doing so that, um, you know, you can be efficient with your time and with your team's time. And that's what we started to do at Uber, um, specifically with uh, fan experiences and, and meet and greets with with artists. We did one with G-Eazy on his When, it, when It's Dark Out tour, and he did like 15 or 20 dates. And at that point, we had developed a playbook, and it had become pretty seamless. Um, but you're exactly right. You know, you get that go-ahead, and the date's a few weeks out, and from that point on, there's you have to get over first the the, the, the feeling of being really excited that, that it went through and to partner with them. And then you have to get back to reality and you, know, you have to execute. And that's really important. And I think what, for me, what kicks in is just um, sort of the challenge of needing to execute on a high level and realizing like just how high the stakes are. I mean, you, you go to these guys and these girls, Instagram profiles, and they have 2 million, 3 million followers. You're thinking, wow, this thing that I'm directly working on is going to go out to a lot of people. Every single thing from the caption to the creative, to the email blasts, um, to the, the run of show day of timing, um, at, you know, the legal agreements, everything needs to be executed on point because they're relying on you for that. So it's really just an exciting challenge. Um, and you know, each artist pre- presents new challenges and, um, new opportunities to learn. Yeah. Have you always preferred to be as deeply involved as possible once you like set the partnership up? Are you the one who's like writing the copy, approving that, like working with them on the legal docs and showing up to the show, like with the headset on and everything or, or, or what's your style on that? Yeah. I, I try to be low key, like no headsets at the show. No I, 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 I want to I blend in, but it really is more to like the work that our, our entire team does. Like I mentioned before, Peter doing brand strategy and Max doing performance marketing and, and E um, sort of facilitating it all. Um, we all have really important components that we need to execute to this overall project. You know, if the email blast is not on point and the header image is not situated correctly, like it's not a successful promotion in my opinion. Yeah, it's such a wasted, it's such a wasted opportunity as soon as you have such a cool piece of content to show exactly so it's really important that everything is on point i i do like to to have a hand in everything doesn't mean i'm executing everything but i do know um just sort of conceptually what things should look and feel like and flow like just from experience um and so i i definitely rely on my teammates to to do what they do best but um i do like supporting what i can yeah i think and to me this like new age it's such a double-edged sword especially for uh, companies like ours that create so much content where there's such a desire. There's so many places to put content. It was Snapchat and then we got Instagram stories. So now you're doing two different things, but it also creates like, there's so much you can squeeze out of a partnership like that. Like you're talking about, you do a show, you do a thing with Vic, like every time you're walking to the car, like that's a content opportunity beforehand. Like whatever promo you're doing with him or a clip you can get from him, you can push that on eblast. Like, everything can just be taken and turned into a piece of content. So before when you paid five grand to shoot a video with someone, now it's not just a video you're getting. You're like, all right, sick. Like we're going to shoot all this behind the scenes. It's going to go up. It's going to go on social. I mean, I think it's like, like you're saying, you got to, you have the opportunities. You just got to hit them. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. One thing we did a lot of great things at Uber, um, a lot of love for my time there. One thing that I feel like we could have done better um, was capturing and merchandising and ultimately just distributing the content that we received um, with these different influencers. We had some pretty cool experiences. I mean, Kehlani going to pick up 
um, fans in an Uber in her hometown for, you know, her hometown show at Fox Theater was huge, you know, in Oakland. Um, G-Eazy picking up fans in a Mercedes G-Wagon in Seattle was huge. Um, him doing a secret show for 500 of his closest fans and his biggest fans in Austin in a super small venue was huge. Um, so that's been one of my biggest um, goals here moving on to Skr is – um, making sure that that everything we do, we're able to capture it and and really just like add an, a really cool element of creativity because you never know, like that simple promo or meet and greet that you do could turn into a viral video really quickly. And so it's important to try to capitalize on those opportunities and just before thinking about, you know, what could pop and, and what could be hot. Yeah. You got to set yourself up. I, you know, viral isn't, isn't a, outcome it's a strategy you got to like put yourself in the position to do that for sure so i mean for skirt we got a couple more months left in 2016 is it you guys just getting all planned up for 2017 or is there still some stuff you're excited about for this year there's a lot of stuff i'm excited about you know we have we have solid work yet to do in la which which we're excited about um school starting soon so we're going to be hitting colleges hard um, you know, there's a bunch of shows coming up. So we, we definitely have some partnerships in the work. Um, I'm excited on the influencer front. Um, and then from there, it's all about expansion and getting into other markets, which we will be soon. Um, um, planning to launch Miami at the end of next month. Um, and, you know, our, our marketing team is always trying to generate those, those creative ideas to see what's next and see yeah. what's best. Yeah. So one last question, just to close out the episode. You've gotten to work, uh, you know, in transportation, culture, marketing, ton of cool stuff. If you could be in any other field, what would it be and why? I'd say management and still a little bit of marketing and branding, but I'd say management specifically with artists and athletes. Uh, I think there's still a huge opportunity, um, especially in the, in the sports realm, but to position some of these athletes and uh, just highlight their brands and their message and their voice a little bit more. Um, my friend, uh, Michael Bennett up at the Seahawks, him and his brother come to mind. A lot of people don't know, but like they're both incredibly intelligent into some really cool things. Martellus does like animation and graphics and writes children's books and Michael's working on apps and, you know, all those different things. And, you know, we don't, we don't see that on, on, on Sundays on ESPN, um, and there's so many football players and so many basketball players out there, but they all have a unique story and they're all like artistic and creative in their own way. So just being able to partner with, with different influencers that I feel um, whose um, strengths maybe aren't as highlighted as much and, and just put together creative act, act activations and projects based off of, you know, what I've been experiencing and, um, you know, see what we can do there. Yeah, definitely. So you got to give us the handles. Like I encourage anyone listening to reach out, not only check out what Skirt's doing, but also what Jordan, Jordan's doing. I reached out just as someone who was like, knew I was going to be edified by our conversation. So thank you very much for taking the time. And I'm glad you agreed to do this. I mean, it's so amazing. But what are what are the handles we can find you at? And then what are the handles we can find Skirt at? Yeah, so on Twitter, you can find Skirt at just at Skirt, S-K-U-R-T. On Instagram, it's Drive Skirt. Um, and then my personal handles on all social media platforms are just Jordan K Wheeler, J O R D A N K and W H E E L E R. Awesome. Thanks Dude, for having me. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I just want to remind you, please check out the Shapeshift Report at shapeshiftreport.co for the culture issue and all of our back issues are on there. Um, and if you're interested in following us on social, every network, Shapeshift Report. 